you. What about this one for my nephew? A superb choice. Oh, great. Yeah, provided he has already read Infinite Crisis and 52 and is familiar with the reestablishment of the DC multiverse. Who am I? Cypher? The gayest X-Man? I recently read this novel called Watchmen. I've never read a comic book like this. I used to read Betty comics, but that's it. I've never read, like, real, real comic books. This worked my out. Excellent! Hello, hello, hello. This is Chris and Eric's Songbox Adventure. I'm Chris. And I am Eric. And after two straight weeks of me picks, you have the reins again. So, what did you make me read? Uh, this week we've read Money Shot, uh, Volume 1, which collects issues 1 through 5, I believe. Uh, the Vault comic series about scientists doing a space only fans with aliens in order to fund their teleportation project and if that elevator doesn't pitch doesn't convince you then i don't think you're gonna enjoy it it is exactly what it says on the tin so uh i think we should just dive right in sure yeah, yeah. we <laughs> we open with a big old splash page of a woman telling a fish man to fuck her because it's exactly what it says on the tin i want you to fuck me sexy fish man <laughs> he got back and so one of the the details of the series is obviously all the aliens do actually speak other languages and then have to get translated for and so it's just a panel of this sexy fish man looking confused for a second looking at the robot they have translate this and then shrug while speaking in his alien language and we get a panel of all of our main characters um who are in their sexy jumpsuits with like textured crotch pads and they all perpetually have like the zippers done down all the way or at least a lot of the times so they're constantly having their full cleavage out too yeah and yeah we open with them both like getting it on with the sexy fish man and with each other while debating and like going back and forth on the actual difficulties of filming porn and that's our introduction to the series it could be no other way so um basically it's set in uh i think the year is officially 20 2032 uh five years after humanity made first contact and the aliens took one look at humanity and were like oh never fucking mind and then they left leaving um, all the scientists basically desperate to get out there into space to meet all of these aliens with this advanced technology and better civilizations, but stuck because Earth is an anti-science hellhole. They, like, I think at points specifically reference, like, anti-science administrations and just stuff like that, and just that the culture has just sort of stopped caring and is busy being assholes on earth the president is a major character in the next volume and he is also the guy who got humanity like ignored by aliens and he's basically just like hot trump like comically so the the comic is not subtle in what it's doing but i don't think again that's anything anyone reading this is asking for yeah like the premise calls for no subtlety. Oh, speaking of which, this is written by Tim Seeley and Sarah Beattie. 
uh, drawn by Rebecca Isaacs, um, colored by Kurt Michael Russell, and lettered by Crank! With a little exclamation mark. I first heard about this series when I saw Rebecca Isaacs at a at GalaxyCon in Richmond, Virginia. Um, I do not remember which year it was, but it was a little pre-pandemic, and they hadn't started it yet, but she bought it up as her next project, and I was like, oh, that sounds incredible, and then promptly forgot about it for years until this showed up on my recommendations in um, Hoopla, and I was like, oh, right, I know what this is. And however long ago that was, you've been talking about it to me since, like, I've been hearing about this for at least several months. Yeah, this has been on the docket as, like... So, listeners, I'm not picking a single superhero or even Big Two book for the rest of the year, uh, because I got a little tired of them during X-Month. During ten straight weeks of nothing but X-Men, yeah. The wet, hot mutant summer. So, uh, this has wound up first in the docket because this was a very easy just like oh yeah i'll just pick this one shortly after the little intro of just jumping right into being like yep that's what this book is we then start to get little interspersed bits of how the premise came to be where we already have the five lead characters scientists all working together and sort of voicing their frustrations about funding and like their work mattering or not and yeah yeah so basically the way that the first volume is structured is that each issue features like both the ongoing plot on the alien planet and the like setup getting us to the point where they actually have started the project um which is called money shot uh, the name Money Shot, by the way, comes from porn, where the money shot is uh, apparently the one that you want of the sperm exiting the penis, which, I mean, I guess if you're into it. Is it just that, or like... Liquids, I think, generally. I've never been into liquids, I don't get it. Liquids? <laughs> I... Because, like, I, like, Fluids. vaguely heard of the term before, but I was like... Is that just coming? Is it, like, specifically, like, coming on someone's face? I'm not sure. I'm just, you know, I'm gonna double-check with a quick Google right now. It's Googling money shot, not the comic. When you Google this, specify the comic. Or just, like, make sure you're at home. Don't don't Google this one on your at work. This is probably the only not-safe-for-work comic I am ever going to bring up in the podcast. Only, like, maybe, like, the third we've covered it all... Yeah. Yeah, it's ejaculating. Well, yeah. Or a crucial and climatic climactic moment, especially of a movie. For example, the Titanic shearing up in half in the middle of a freezing ocean. But I don't think anyone actually uses that one. No, not at all. Uh, so the main characters all like work together at MIT, and... Basically, they're tired of filling out, like, applications for grants in order to be able to do any work. The main character, uh, Chris Ocampo, has... She's made a intergalactic teleporter that is just incredibly expensive to run. Like, it works. They can teleport anywhere they want. But it costs a lot of money to get the power in order to go out there. Um, and so... That funding that project has made everyone else's 
projects get even more underfunded than her project is. And so the solution that she comes up with, shockingly quickly, well, basically, <laughs> I do... Did you like the cat? There's... There's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, we get the scenes of her at home with her cat, and her cat is like... It has little electronic bits like on the side of its face and around like its collar and it like talks to her yeah so this is something that um uh brie uh the language scientist who's also created the translation software they use they mention at one point that she has been developing tech to have animals talk and she's clearly given this to chris which results in um Oh, her cat's name is Curie, which I think is delightful. I love all the science names in this. As being kicked out the room because she's going to watch some porn and masturbate, uh, Curie says, no mate bad, self-mate bad, bad, bad. Yeah. I love the cat. There's more of the cat later. And so she's rather alarmed by some of the porn she sees online, and she realizes that, like... Basically, everyone on the planet is really bored and horny, and because, like, at this point, you know, this is five years in the future of, like, you can kind of find anything in porn now, so five years further, yeah. So she's like, well, maybe if people want to, like, bang, well, uh, basically the idea is, well, if we fund the project by banging aliens, which is something that nobody will be able to see anywhere else, we could actually do some science. Yep, the porn economy. <laughs> and the only way to do things that have in fact not been seen before. Because it all spins out of her reading the comments on the porn videos. Which just, you know, the adage of don't read the comments. And then just all the worse on porn comments that are just here. Things that are literally like Godzilla's tits are too small, two stars. The old man's tits aren't big enough one out of ten yeah what the fuck they barely fucked the cakes is my favorite one yeah there's like the humor in this book is exactly what you would think it is and like there's a bunch of jokes like that of like the comments they'll like frequently throughout occasionally like reference a comment on one of their videos or like the listener feedback on what they posted or we'll get these cuts to a recurring minor character like jacking off watching their videos live and just yeah it works for me i find it funny every time i like the ridiculousness of it so she proposes this all to the other scientists where b basically you've got uh the botanist uh the language specialist the astrophysicist and uh the like viral biologist i don't know what you actually call that well virologist i guess thinking about it frankly i think that's a real word yeah 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 i'm like now 90 percent sure that's it um and doug cock who's the botanist uh, the, the botanist not botanist jesus christ i can't talk today is the first one to respond after the sort of little rambling presentation she gives saying supermassive black hole my poor name. I'm in, but only if everyone calls me Supermassive Black Hole. And they point out that his real name is Doug Cock. And he's constantly going on about his penis, not his ass. So Doug Cock would seem more appropriate, but 
he just really likes the name Supermassive Black Hole. Well, they'll have science-themed ones. There's Constance Planck, Kneesbohr, you know, like, they're all science jokes. See, here's the thing. I didn't actually understand any of the names other than Supermassive Black Hole, so would you like to explain the sex puns to me? Uh, well, Kneesbohr is Niels Bohr. I can't remember exactly what he did. I I think he was a physicist. Okay. Um, but, like, you know, on your knees. Yeah. Yeah. Constance Planck is, uh, I think it's the Planck Constant or something like that. I'd have to Google them to remember, but I'm like, that. that is a, a very, like, science nerd thing. Okay. It was like, I knew they were all jokes on something, but I was never a science kid, you know? So, outside of, like, a Marie Curie reference, I don't actually immediately recognize most of them. Um, and so basically how it works is they have a little robot with them uh, whose name... They have a little robot with them called Little Shot, who is A, adorable. He's basically just like a flying little round camera with bunny ears. And B, one of the main, like, sources of humor. Like, every single time someone swears or says, like, fuck in any context, he'll be like, oh, should I start recording? I hear a keyword. Including at times when, as we'll see later in the comic, they're absolutely not about to fuck. But it's just, like, them using, like, the word fucking and, like, an exclamatory sort of curse context, yeah. And they're going to pay the aliens they're meeting um, in space with two things that are very common and easy to get on Earth. They refer to them as free, which I'm like, well, that's not quite true because water is not free on earth you have to pay for your water but okay um but they're gonna like give aliens water and air as like an exchange so the first planet they're on it is a desert it is like tatooine but everyone is a fish person which i really love the contrast of like fish people and a desert planet i think that's just a cool idea for a world and there's all kinds of different like fish people um oh it's specified they are looking for worlds where the genitals are fairly compatible with human genitalia so that they'll know what to do with them and also like you know there's nothing most aliens in this have like fairly human anatomy because they have to fuck humans yeah like they're pretty much all bipedal human looking like none of them really look like anything that couldn't be replicated by, say, like, special effects makeup, you know? Like, especially in this volume, we're getting very Shape of Water-looking aliens. It is just Shape of Water, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) And basically, they've arrived on this planet because um, there's an alien there who has mastered the technique of generating an energy release on the level of nuclear fission via orgasm, which... A, might be an alternative way of, like, powering their big teleporter, and B, might actually be, like, a good enough bit of porn for them to get a better audience score. Yeah, like, this all feels like it's still early in their operation. It still seems like they haven't been doing this, like, all that long, relatively. Yeah, it's... But yeah, basically it's their first mission, so... 
So the, like, master of this technique that we need to find is this guy called the Bokai Elder, who we get our first shot of here. I know this was your favorite character in the book. He is a weird old fishman um, whose testicles are each larger than his head and droop down far enough from uh, far enough away from his body that he is later in the comic able to use them as a mace. Yeah, like it's a pretty simple joke of just big balls guy, but yeah, he is what he is. It's specifically also just like that sort of like sex as like tantric practice thing too, you know, because it's very much like we need to find like the wise elder who devised this spiritual sexual practice sort of thing. But uh, unfortunately for them, they instead get captured by the dictatorship that runs this desert planet populated with fish people and wind up in a gladiatorial arena. Doug, who is a supermassive black hole from earlier, is of course saying we're fucked, and the little little shot is like, mm, nope, okay, analysis, this isn't fucking, I shouldn't record this. Uh, and so they're taken by the warlord priest. The all-loving embracer is what the name translates as, but basically uh, she looks like, okay, actually, you know what she looks like? She looks like one of the Baraki from Bionicle, who I know you haven't encountered yet but we will eventually encounter when we get back to those comics the characters very like clad in armor and like a helmet that all looks like it's meant to be like made out of say like sea monster bones or something like that it's just like fantasy warlord alien sort of thing yeah all of the buildings are like built out of rib cages of giant sea monsters and um like the box at the top of the arena is just the giant head of whatever sea monster or the rib cages came from i really like all the design look in this comic like it's really it looks really cool and like i really like the juxtaposition of the desert planet and the fish people yeah and like it's sort of an immediate environmental tell that something's wrong with this world because the basic gist is going to turn out that something happened to this planet like some sort of some sort of like age of the dinosaurs extinction type event sort of thing where basically the oceans ended up being like blocked off like buried underneath of all this rubble so now it's like the survivors and the remains on the like dirt surface of the world now cut off from the majority water supply and just, like, in this world that's largely built off of bones. Uh, and so, in further flashbacks, um, all of the scientists get a rundown in the history of porn by uh, Chris. So, you know, going into, like, the fact that A, porn is a lot older than the internet, and B, the sort of basic premise of the series, that heading towards the present, you can kind of find whatever you want to find on the internet, no matter how weird it is. Even if it is Godzilla with a giant um, strap-on fucking an old man in a tutu and also a bunch of cakes. Yeah, it's very, like, it keeps doing the sort of time cut thing of, like, every panel or second panel being, like, hour two, hour three. And you get, like, 
a paragraph's worth of a little segment of the exposition, but we actually get a fairly thorough a little summation of the history of porn from like the first erotica was such and such and then in the early 2000s came the self-made porn star and just like an honest to god history of porn yeah like it is it it would be a very good like high school essay if they let high schoolers write essays on porn uh and so in the arena of course they're like being attacked by a giant fish monster specifically uh chris and omar who were a couple a while ago, but they broke up before they started the comic. But luckily, thanks to the um, virologist... Sorry. Oh, she actually says she's an epidemiologist. All right, because she studies epidemics. God. I swear I read this once. Like, I read this last two days ago. (laughs) Basically, she does, like, germ warfare because she carries these little capsules of diseases in her uniform... And at one point, she, like, brings in one of her crewmates for a kiss to, like, pass the germs onto him. And when the time comes for this, like, giant fish monster to be about to kill him in the Colosseum, she just tells him to spit in his mouth. And then the monster just violently dies because the disease in question was one that's, like, survivable to humans, but deadly to, like, fish and whales and shit. So it's just introducing bacterial hell upon this alien world. I like this giant fish monster that they kill because it's got an anglerfish head and then a very human body. And for some reason, there's two fish just clamped onto its nipples. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know what that's for because this isn't even a sexy monster. This is just a monster. It's not having sex. Why has it got nipple nipple clamps? (laughs) And why are the nipple clamps fish? It also has... At least in one specific panel, there's a shot of it with one of the crewmates in its mouth. And, like, the way it's drawn reminds me of a Venus flytrap, too, in the sense of being like, oh, the fly is going to get squished any minute now. Yeah, um, I really, really love Rebecca Isaac's art on this series. Uh, I think the characters are all very expressive and fun. Obviously, when the comic is doing the sex scenes they normally look really great i mean part of it is in that way that comic book characters do just sort of look better than people do in real life frankly but like every single one of the main characters has a different body type they all look really different from each other in like their height and just everything and it's it just looks really good yeah they're all quite distinguished or differentiated rather is what i mean in terms of just like how they're drawn um there's no confusing any of the main characters for each other in just a lot of ways you know like there is like the actual skill of variety of body types but then also just decisions to you know have a main cast of characters that is men and women and also they're not all whites and just all of these decisions that make it very clear to see who is talking at any given time and also just be better because obviously you know and like the expressions are all very good the differentiation's good it's not like a realistic art style by any means you know to like what you said about like people in comics just looking better like it's not trying to capture like 
a sort of like ugly realism you know like we're not looking up at the, like the lines on people's foreheads and shit but i think it characterizes all the characters quite well as it goes on with just like the drama of the Colosseum, the groups get sort of split into two with um what's the name of like the ex-couple of all the romantic tension uh omar and chris they get sort of selected to be the like whatever official title is the like war empress or whatever the fuck basically concubines while the rest of the crew is essentially stuck rotting in jail and from here on we sort of get again that like back and forth between the plot exposition in the present day along with some more like character building flashbacks a lot of which just like selling the sort of like oh, there's a really uncomfortable dynamic between these two because they used to be a thing and now they're not, but now they're having sex again. Yeah, the um, the messiness of their, like, former relationship where now they are, like, fucking professionally, but, like, the emotional connection they used to have is not something they can go back into because, like, that relationship didn't work. Um, is part of, like... So, the series, when it's exploring the idea of sex, it's, like, sex can be a thing that unifies people. Like, we see, um... There's pages later of the characters getting to know each other. Basically, um... Because they're all gonna have to fuck each other on camera and look comfortable doing it, they are all sent on dates where they have to have sex. And... You know, we get a page of each, like, couple. Um, you know, all of which are just fun little humorous reactions. Um, but are also, like, there to build up the characters and the relationships between them. Like, how awkward Omar is. And, like, Bree, who's um, very dismissive of everybody else. Uh, but also, when she has her, like, date with Chris and... Chris asks if she'll cuddle her afterwards, is still willing to do it. Um, Doug having two very opposite interactions. Uh, one with Annie, who is the epidemiologist, where, like, he, it's implied, is pretending to be having a hard time getting horny and explains, like, oh, he's worried about, like, STDs and lets her sort of talk about her job for a second. And then she realizes that he was, like, actually doing that as foreplay to get her something to be excited and interested in, which is, like, a nice moment, which then contrasts with Omar confiding in him after they have had sex about, like, how worried he is about being on camera um, and, like, having his personal moments recorded, where he then just says, I think you take a joke like you take a dick, like a little bitch. Boom! You got cocked. And, like, making fun of him. And then perhaps the most telling scene, which this is something that's further developed in future volumes, but when she's having to sleep with Annie, Brie gives Annie a device that makes her sound exactly like Chris while they're having sex, which this is after her, like, scene with Chris. Um, yeah, like, you'll start to see hints of, like, where that's going by the end of this volume. Just a lot of, like developing character dynamics too and through each one sort of like 
both giving a different side to each character depending on the context of who they're with, but also each one being sort of a different lens to just sort of ways that sex can go and people's relationships during it, like before, during, and after in terms of just the like, like example you gave of like, I'm going to let you talk your sciencey smart stuff as foreplay because I'm going to like make you feel comfortable and confident by talking germ to me and just all the stuff like that. Yeah, I, I will pretend to not be grossed out by this because I know that it doesn't like, yeah, stuff like that. And so sort of in the present day storyline, uh, as it turns out, the alien warlord, warlord who we described earlier, she takes off all of her like fishbone armor and also her big arms turn out to be made up of a bunch of tentacles. And underneath she is a sexy octopus lady. There's a lot of tentacle um, and there's a lot of like, I am confused by the fish having tits. I'm not going to lie. I think that we as a society have simply reached a place where it's ubiquitous and the sexy aliens have to have tits no matter what. Yeah. But yeah, like, she has a little bit of talking about just, like, the importance of displays of strength as a leader and in this, like, post-apocalyptic world sort of thing, which also just ties into the metaphorical stuff about just, like, fronts put up during sex and, like, roughness versus gentility and all of that. But she's a bitch. We hate this fish bitch. Yeah, she's the worst. Uh, basically established that she... Basically, she makes everyone fuck purely for recreation on her planet. So, like, no one on this planet anymore has sex for recreation or, like, because they like having it, but because they have to fuck in order to rebuild the population and keep the species alive. Purely reproductive, yeah. Like, state-mandated, like, sex fascism, basically, it's all... It's not subtle. Um, but, like, the technique they have, the, the like, magical, you know, um, explosion orgasm, which she thinks she'll be able to reach the water that's underneath the planet's, uh, like, crusted over surface using it. Um, it requires you to actually, you know, be enjoying the sex. And so she's like, but these humans are here now, and they enjoy sex. So... You're going to fuck me, and I'll teach you how to do the explosion orgasm. So they set up their cameras and set up the scene, which everyone who is now locked in the jail cell with the uh, big balls guy, um, everyone else gets to watch the two of them have sex with this octopus lady. Via, like, the cams on... What's its name? Mini Shot? Little Shot? Little Shot, yeah, because the... Um, the name of the big space cannon that they're using to, like, teleport themselves to other dimensions, it's, it's supposed to be called Big Shot, but they call it Money Shot because of how much money it costs, which then also helps lead to the porn idea. Yeah. And so, like, between, like, the cameras, between Little Shot and, like, built into their uniforms or whatever, everyone that's in the jail cell with the sex sage fish man is just watching the freesome between the other two and the octopus lady. The impotent sex age, sex age fish man, because the other big uh, problem is he can't get it up. 
he has lost any enjoyment due to the suffering of his people. Yeah. He can't be horny because everyone is so sad. That's how it goes. Um, but he also explains to them that the warlord is actually just as evil as she seemed when they arrived. And that they must hope that their friends are a very, very bad lay. Because if she's satisfied, she'll be able to, like, have nuclear orgasms. <laughs> this book is so fucking silly. We also, around here, get the introduction of, like, the concept that there is a rebel army and that the leader of this population is, like, basically just manipulating everything about the situation to her benefit and there is this rebel army out there who tries to bring water to the populace when they can. And managing water is just going to be like a whole thing going forward with just like, again, the idea of like, the world is bad from natural disasters, yes. But then mismanagement or like, rather intentional like manipulation of resources by those in power is like an even bigger problem than the actual like just natural resource issues unfortunately apparently they were good at sex and so as we intercut between a um, flashback where chris says that they are now the stars of money shot and they're going to use sex to make the universe a better more beautiful and more peaceful place. Um, the evil warlord fires her orgasm nuclear energy and completely vaporizes the entire rebel army who had just now just been trying to throw water over the walls of the city so that people could actually get access to some. So, you know, they fucked up real bad. In fact, they messed up enough that it interrupts their streams as we have... Um, the well I, you mentioned him earlier but the guy who is just masturbating watching their videos um only for it to get like the signal gets interrupted and cancelled so he has to run his favorite porn which he has saved which is apparently big ass stepsister on unicycle surprised by teen milf with dildo cake and here's just where the humor is what it is and it's gonna work for you or not because for me, it's just too silly. It's, like, too beyond the realm of possibility, but... Oh, that doesn't seem beyond the realm of possibility to me at all, is the thing. It It's the dildo cake for me. Like, dildo in the cake? I think it's a cake made of dildos. Well, that just doesn't seem very... Practical? Yeah. That's fair. Very convenient. There's only so many penetrations you can get going at once, and if they're all crammed together on a cake... Or maybe there's just a dildo hidden in the cake, and the surprise is you cut into the cake, and then the dildo falls out. And then you use it, and the frosting is lube, and there's two girls, and maybe a cup, too. Yeah. Well, see, exactly! If two girls, one cup exists, nothing is too much. And I, it feels very realistic to me as well in that that is a list of search terms that has been turned into a title. It does, like, reflect, yeah, that sort of, like, porn as, like, hashtags, you know? Like, keywords or, like, maybe not necessarily hashtags so much as, like, search engine optimization of, like, sexy, big boob, blonde, milf, stepson, 
outdoor the dildo oral. Gets me. It's always funny. Mm-hmm. That's very funny. Yeah, but just like like the abundance of words and adjectives to just try and algorithm whatever the hell. Yeah, it's, it's like Harlequin novel titles, but like on steroids. Yes, well, and for porn, which is the same. It's the exact same like premise. But yeah. I always find those funny too when it's like his secret son, and so on and so forth, where you have those like stacks of novels. I had one when I was younger called The Pleasure Chest, and it was just, you know, historical romance. This woman and the pirate come forward in time. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I got that at my high school's book fair. They had it for some reason. <laughs> what? Or like, not like, not like a book fair, not like Scholastic or something, but like, like them just like selling, like getting rid of old shit. And I don't know why there is a Harlequin book there to be gotten rid of. That's hilarious. But yeah, I I got that from school. But anyway, there's a lot more just like romantic angst between like the oh, pair of exes. Yeah. yeah. I do like that they are both wearing the exact same skimpy um, fishbone version of the sexy layup, layup outfit. Like he is also wearing a bra. Yeah. It's just a fun visual gag, if you notice it, that, like, yeah, no, they're both wearing the bra with the, um, the, like, weird towel between the legs that looks incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, they're in identical, like, crustacean versions of that look, and Everyone else is herded out onto the arena floor, where they're attacked by, um... It's a killer whale monster. It's like it's like if a dog, like a giant dog, had a killer whale body. Yeah, like on all fours, dog movements, but then, yeah, the patterns, the fin on the head, terrifying. And so while they're, like, trying to figure out a way of stopping it, um, the Bokai Elder comes in with his wrecking ball balls, which he is able to swing around his head. Uh, this is just an absolutely massive ball. Like, the balls are pretty big, but the ball sack is incredibly, like, long. Like, very long and, like, what's the word? Prehensile? Like, stretchy skin? Yeah. Because he's, like, lifting the ball sack, like, twin maces over his head, like, yeah, just, like, twin maces. And naturally, that just means, like, the actual scrotum elongates a lot. And the line is, My penis may flap in the wind like a small and tattered sail, but the testicles of the Bokai Elder swing as fiercely as ever <laughs> as he beats the killer whale dog in the face of his balls. Which he's got like little armor, like spiky armor built onto as well. Like, he's wearing the exact same thing as, like, knee pads, and then he's got much bigger ones on each of his testicles. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on. They had met, like, a little crystal life form earlier who, when it's enjoying itself, having, um, like, crystal life form sex, it emits vibrations. And so they have managed to, like, stop the fish by, like, getting it to emit vibrations at specific frequencies, like, by humming at it, which it is 
very clearly enjoying based on the little face it's making. It's actually quite cute. Yeah, it is just getting crystal fucked, like not them actually using genitals, but basically just like one of them is just like massaging it a lot and just like rubbing all over it until it crystal comes a sonic boom, basically. Unfortunately for everyone, the warlord has pulled the idea of a dildo out of Chris's mind and is first able to basically just constantly producing um, orgasmic nuclear energy. <laughs> Specifically, uh, the dildo's name is Rosie Shudders. Yeah, and effectively the octopus warrior dictator woman now does not need a partner to have sex with. She can just masturbate her way to the launch codes and use them at will. Uh, they are luckily able to escape. Um, she's able to use her like powers of again nuclear orgasm to create it's it's just it's a geyser um but it's in her basement so the first thing she does one of her guards is like oh my god there's so much water there's enough that we can share it with everyone she vaporizes him because yeah oddly enough she wasn't actually doing all this as a survivalist method to survive the situation they're in but instead to maintain her own power, and now the water just means that her power is absolute because she controls the water supply. Controlled scarcity, yeah. She is the 1%. She is. Um, And so as she is organizing their, I guess, every now and then, like, force everybody to fuck with the, like, specified partner. The literal sex camps that they're marched into. Yeah. Just like a whole bunch of beds in a circle. The Triple Explorers, which is the um, the official name of the group, have decided that they need to make up for the fact that they have given this uh, planetary dictator uh, nuclear launch codes and, like, allowed her to wipe out the entire rebel army that was going to try and save all these people. And so their plan is to get it on and live stream it all directly overhead of all the people and just remind them that sex can be pleasurable and intimate and such and such and that it's theirs to make and not just on command etc etc and this is exactly what the bokai elder needed in order to finally get to see his old friend his penis again uh he quite likes the porn that they're making and as the entirety of Fishtown gets down on each other, he and the Warlord get into a big fight uh, where he's able to use his own, like, tantric sex energy to destroy her. But then, unfortunately, uh, his erection was too big and too much of a strain on his heart, and so he dies not having been able to teach them how to, like, turn sex into a renewable energy source. But they have managed to liberate all these people. The geyser is now coming out of the ground in the city, and there's enough water for them all. And so they head on home to have some more missions. The uh, the final page is them on this, like, alien planet that looks like hell with them all. Like, they're wearing their, like, full body-covering jumpsuits that are, like, skin-tight. And then over that, they're all wearing, like leather straps or fishnets and like going for like a bdsm vibe 
the planet of punitive discomforts. And the actual final panel is the recurrent masturbator watching them and saying meh. Yeah, apparently being on um, a planet that is possibly literally hell is just not entertaining enough. Yep, and that's volume one, ending on the promise that they will keep fucking, and we get in the volume a, like, advertising page promising volume two with the skinny Trump analog surrounded by two alien babes yeah they're very much like from the star trek school of just this is a naked woman painted a color yeah like painted a color with a slight alien touch like some antenna but just these are body painted women which is funny because volume two has some characters who are definitely like less human like but um yeah that's money shot it's i think it's really fun i enjoy the humor um and i think the art's really great it's just a fun series yeah it wasn't bad i didn't like it as much i think i'm i guess just less susceptible to that type of humor which i feel like makes me sound like a prude which it's not that (laughs) but you know it is what it is if the description of the series makes it sound great to you then i think that tells you if you'll like it or not because it simply is what it is the premise is executed on exactly and yeah art style's good pacing's good like it is all well done even if the humor didn't have me like cackling by any means yeah yeah any last thoughts or have you blown your wad i've blown my wad all right thank you for that one Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-huh so what am i reading next week that is a wonderful question considering that as always i have been debating that over and over in my head i'm gonna say fuck it and say that's about time we did banana fish volume one okay sounds good to me yep so everybody tune in for that if you're interested also go on hoopla because money shots on hoopla and read the alien sex book and then when you're done with that read banana fish but thank you all for listening and bye Excellent to each other.